0: CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Edinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies.
0: Friday. Happy Friday. It also means it's time for options action. I'm Sarah Eisen in tonight for Melissa Lee live from the Nasdaq market site in Times Square. So after yesterday's huge rally, markets were a little more mellow this time around. So was today a little bit of a pause or follow through that refreshes or just the big bounce, just a blip maybe will help prepare you with options. And then one sector that is sure to pull back after a similar upside spree asset managers. We're going to look at how to play that. And it's still earnings season. Don't forget, we are working around one name that's done and another that's to come. That's Disney and Home Depot. With me tonight, Carter Worth and Mike Coe with a special appearance by Brian Stutland in New York City. Welcome. Before we get to tonight's trade, let's talk about the week's market action because it was a wow. The S&P 500 capped off its best week since June by adding 1% today. NASDAQ nearly doubled that today with a Close to 2% gain and an 8% gain for the week. Best week for the Nasdaq since March, Carter. What do you make of the action?
1: Right. So typically it's from things that were the worst, right? So we know that the most shorted stocks were up the most. Things like Cathie Wood's ARC fund up the most. Or such areas as you've just mentioned, like technology. But the question is, is it the beginning of something more enduring or is it a ricochet? My hunch is you fade the move.
0: Fade the move. Why? Because you, didn't, you thought it was unhealthy or something?
1: Well, there are two types of moves, right? There's action that's developmental and there's action that's exploitative. We have hundreds of stocks that are up 30, 40 percent off of their October lows. Those kinds of moves are not sustainable. The words impetuous, impulsive come to mind rather than uh, sustainable and enduring.
0: <laughs> what do you think, Brian? Chase it or fade it?
2: Well, I mean, you have to be a little concerned about how much volatility is still in this marketplace that we can actually now get a bull market all of a sudden. You know, basically, I think this was one of the top 10 biggest gainier days. Three of those days marked the end of a bear market, but seven were just in the middle of a bear market. Mm. So certainly, you know, we had a lot of euphoria with the 10-year dropping below 4%. That was very bullish for people to rotate into growth stocks. As we trade a lot of our large cap value names, we saw a lot of rotation out of names where names were down. Three to five percent at one point today that are are very low volatile kind of stock names, healthcare sector, energy sector plays moving higher, technology moving higher. So certainly there's this rotation these last couple days to play the upside. So there could still be some follow through. I wouldn't be so certain just to short right into this right away because with the tenure, like I said, below four percent, valuations can get lifted a little bit. There was a
0: huge short squeeze in some of the most heavily shorted names. What were, was the, what did the options market tell you as far as how many people were offsides here?
2: Well, I mean, we, we talked about it last week. We saw a tremendous amount of people selling puts, meaning selling insurance on the market and buying the upside call. So those call buyers definitely squeezed the market out. I expected a big move, a 5 or 10% move in the market given the way options were trading. So it's not unusual to see this big move to the upside. Shorts definitely got squeezed here as those call buyers just you know squeezed and pushed people right out.
0: Mike, what do you see next?
2: Yeah, I mean, one of the uh, I, the big news,
3: of course, was that the inflation data was was better than the survey numbers, and I think the move in the ten-year rate lower uh, is probably overdone if people are doing that simply on an on an inflation basis. So the numbers are still quite high, uh, real rates are still negative in some instances, not in the thirty-year mortgage perhaps, but in a lot of other areas. And I think consumers whose wages have not gone up at the same rate are going to be squeezed a bit. And I think ultimately, we're going to see some pressure on discretionary spending as a result. And ours is an economy that has long depended on consumers to bail it out in the past. But I don't think they're going to be as able to do that. We see rising credit balances. And, you know, I I don't like to be bearish on the market. I was saying this on a call earlier today. You know, we all do better when the market rallies. And that's what we'd like to see. We want to see the economy do well. But I have a feeling that we're probably going to start running into some resistance Uh, once we get up around 4,100 in the S&P. You know, I see a a downtrend, and that seems like that's the upper end of that channel to me.
0: Everybody's eyeing the 4,100 level on the S&P, the 200-day moving average. Let's turn to one area of the market that has seen quite a run higher during the last month, maybe too high. Carter, what is it? What
1: have you found? Well, that's right. So talking about impetuous and impulsive, we're going to look at asset managers. Now, they're very sensitive to levels in the stock market and the AUM in those managers. But just consider this table. Let's sort of marvel at this. This is change from the October low, and that's basically four weeks ago. BlackRock, this is not a small little trifling thing. It's up 50 percent. Invesco, up 51. You see the numbers. Versus the financial sector, up 20. And the SPY up 14. And you could say, well, what's wrong with that? That's called like uh, pushing it too far. If you do too much exertion in the gym, you either go rest or you have a coronary. Yeah, let's look at the next chart or two. This is the instance of now here is a chart of the Russell 3000 asset managers. Those stocks listed plus many more like State Street, Northern Trust and so forth. A beautiful downtrend line. You can see it here because as is so often the case, it's all just technical. And then we've overshot. But sequencing typically calls for a checkback before going higher. Now, that's the aggregate. Take a look at this. This is the same aggregate with the 150 day moving average. And so, an overshoot like that, sequencing would typically be a checkback and then basing and going again. But finally, let's look at BlackRock. And this speaks to fundamentals. How do we explain this intellectually? This stock is 750. It drops to 500 and then goes back to 750. That's a 40% decline, that's a 50% rally. What, it got cheap, it's expensive, P high, P low? Come on, that's a game. What we know is an overbought condition exists and that's what this is. I'm a seller of BLK. I
0: I feel like you are super sassy tonight, Carter. (laughs) I like it. Mike, what's the trade on BlackRock?
3: Yeah, so BlackRock, of course, they earn their revenues as a function of the market level. So as the market has declined, so have their revenues in fact if you take a look at next year's estimated earnings it looks cheap on a trailing basis and certainly cheap relative to the s p at probably 15 16 times but it's actually trading nearly 24 times next year's estimated earnings and that's because asset prices have declined and so too have their fees along with it carter's identified an area of resistance and i'm looking at selling a call spread and that's one of the first things you want to do identify an area of resistance because selling a call spread is a bet that something is not going to happen. And in this case, he's betting it's not going to go higher. You also want to keep your eye out for things like catalysts because of course that's when uh, essentially the fundamentals catch up with the technicals. And we begin to understand why price action is uh, behaving the way it is once we start hearing uh, the data that supports it. But in this case, we don't have to worry about that because they've already reported earnings. The other thing is generally speaking, when you're selling options, uh, you're looking to collect decay. So you're looking to keep it short dated. I was just looking out to December. I was looking at the 78800 call spread. And when I was looking at that earlier today with the stock around 770, you could collect over $8 in premium for selling that $20 call spread. Frequent viewers will know that we like to try to sell uh, call spreads when we can collect as
2: much as 40% mm. of the distance between the strikes and premium. And here we're getting better than that.
0: Brian, is that a good trade?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it makes a lot of sense given the run, right? I mean, according to Carter's chart, markets can go up and down at the same time almost if you look at that BlackRock trade so and, and the chart there. So certainly taking some profits after a big run like this makes a lot of sense. I think the reason why we've seen this rotation, though, into the asset manager, and maybe I'm a little biased because I'm a portfolio manager myself, but but I think when you saw the yield curve go inverted, we saw this big rotation basically out of that those big banks, the Bank of America and J.P. Morgan, stocks that we own for clients. But we took those down in waiting because asset managers, insurance companies, they do better in this sort of higher interest rate environment, uh, flatter yield curve environment. And so I think that's why you've seen this rally in some of these names. So a little careful. That's why I like it being a call spread, not an outright call in this case.
0: Let's turn to Disney because we did get some news this evening. The entertainment giant planning to freeze hiring and cut jobs. That's according to an internal memo obtained by CNBC.com reporter Alex Sherman. The news coming as shares try to climb back from a rough few months. We actually had a rough rough day this week. Brian pointing to a few key factors that might keep this name frozen. Brian <laughs> Let it go?
2: <laughs> maybe. Let it go. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, when you look at, at, at Disney here, obviously it's, it's bounced off the load just recently, and the news that we had out on job cuts, I mean, that kind of thing was due. We saw job cuts coming from the Netflix and other streamers of the world in order to cut costs here, get better profit margin, maybe get some growth out of that way. But I think this might just be sort of a bear trap to some degree. When you look at Disney here, it's still got all the competition of the other streamers, plus – You know potentially the parks yeah they're great we saw a big pickup after covid but when you look at it when the cpi number came out one thing that people didn't talk about is average hourly earnings went down year over year monthly earnings of a worker went down year over year so less earnings for people and higher inflation to me does not spell good for consumer discretionaries that's why we've rotated out of some of those names into names that are more consumer staple like we talked about last week in costco When I look at Disney, if I'm going to play it, I want to play it to the short side. Or if I'm long the stock, I want to protect myself. And I can do that with a put spread looking out to a regular December option, looking at the $90, $85 put spread. So I'm buying the $90 strike for a little over $2, selling the $85 strike for a little over a dollar. So I'm only paying $1. This can pay out $4, right? So a four to one risk reward ratio to me seems really good. Options are relatively cheap right now relative to the market where it was just a couple weeks ago. And this is a good way, a cheap way to play to the downside.
0: Yes, but on the other hand, Carter, the market has, has rewarded stocks and companies for cost cuts and hiring freezes as, as kind of perverse as that is. As
1: perverse as that is, and sometimes that's what sets a low. But in the case of Disney, I think just the setup here is to drop and gap on your earnings right, down 12 13%. When you start to recover that move, you go back to a level where people who took the loss would love to be made whole, right? That's the nature of overhead supply. So the further it rallies, I think it was 100, it drops to 86, and now it's back at 95. The closer you get to 100, you induce sellers from above, thank goodness I'm whole, as well as sellers from below. Whoever nailed it two days ago at 86, you turn the cards over and show them 100, like, wait a minute, I just bought this at 86. I got 100 bucks, I can take my money. Overhead supply, memory from above and below is immediately ahead.
0: Mike, what about you on Disney? What's the strategy? Yep.
3: Well, well we own Disney in our fund up until today, actually. We did exactly uh, what Carter was just talking about. You know, it is astonishing. This is a company uh, that I really like what they do, and I was kind of hoping that they had figured a way out of the pandemic morass. Uh, but the last earnings report sort of indicated that there's still a lot of problems here. This is a company, by the way, that if you bought the stock eight years ago, you've essentially gone uh, nowhere in the meantime. And, and we got out of our position today.
0: Wow. Despite, despite strong results at the theme park, at least strong bounce back in the, in the business, I guess the market doesn't like the streaming losses. Guys, thank you. When we come back, grab your hammer. We are hitting next week's retail earnings with a look at one name that could come out of the woodwork with gain if you use the right tools. There are three hints for you. And for everything Options Action, remember, check out our website and newsletter. There's more Options Action right after a quick break.
1: Calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns.
0: CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies
0: welcome back to options action take a look a big week of retail earnings on deck and one name catching our traders eyes home depot the home improvement chain seeing a big move higher this week up nearly 12 percent if you think the stock is building up for even more gains mike's got a way to play it mike what are you doing
3: yeah so uh home depot going to be announcing earnings next week along with Lowe's. we actually do own Lowe's. but i'm looking at home depot which is typically uh, the better operator. They have higher retail sales per square foot than Lowe's typically does, and they have a much higher concentration of sales to uh, professionals. Now, I think an important thing to remember about Home Depot, of course, is that this is a company that got uh, a lot of pull forward, I think, during the pandemic. You know, we had a, a booming real estate market, a booming home builder market, fueled in large part by very low rates. Uh, those tailwinds have subsequently become headwinds. And that's hit the stock pretty hard, down about 24%. But I would point out that as we take a look at this thing, uh, that right now, relative to the SP, it's trading at a very low multiple historically. This is typically traded at a significant premium to the SP multiple. Right now, it's trading at less than 17 times earnings. Now, of course, that is a, a question what will earnings be? We're going to learn more about that next week. But that does give us a little bit of a potential upside kick if the news turns out to be even just reasonably okay, I think. Also, uh, a point I would make is that possibly home improvement will be a little bit less rate sensitive than the home builders themselves would be, or at least that's my thinking here. However, I'm not inclined to go out and buy the stock because I do think that there is a potential for some risk if we see discretionary spending drop. Uh, So the way I'm looking at playing this is with a call diagonal. And specifically, I was looking out to January, buying very close to at the money call, that was the 315 calls, and then selling the November 330 calls, which expire actually a week from today, against it. Now, the reason that I want to sell those calls is because typically after a catalyst, like earnings comes out, options premiums, which are going to be typically somewhat elevated going into it, you're going to see some of that premium come out. And that's going to be offset uh, somewhat by those calls that I would be selling to uh, that expire a week from today. Now, the other reason that I'm looking at the 330s is because on average, when we have seen the company perform well out of earnings, we've seen the stock rise about 5.6% uh, in the month following. Now, of course, these expire only a week away. But that's sort of the idea, targeting a, a move of about 5 6% uh, to the upside from here.
0: It's interesting because it has been pretty rate sensitive along with the with the home builders. I know you're looking for, for it to be maybe better. Mike Carter, what do the charts tell you on Home Depot? It's down 24% or so this year still.
1: Yeah, it's had a had a beating, and yet I I like it here. Let's look at the charts. There are three charts, they're all identical, and they're all one year in time frame. Here's the first one. No drawings, no judgments, no annotations. But what do we know? We know that the stock market has a June low, and so does Home Depot. But the stock market makes a new low in October. Home Depot does not. Look at the next chart. Another way to draw the lines. It's not only did it not make a low, it's a triple bottom. And notice it has moved above the downtrend line. And then finally, the same chart just using the 150 moving average instead of a trend line, which is mathematically about to flatten. This has all the elements of a bearish to bullish reversal. And just one other way to draw the lines would be like that. Very developmental.
0: Hmm. Is, that, is, that, is that a buy for you, Brian, on that developmental bullish yeah. pattern that he just made?
2: I, I think so. I mean, it is compelling. If the market still has some more room to go to the upside, you know, Sarah, you mentioned about interest rates. They're lower now, below 4% on the 10-year. If they continue to stay that way over this next week, earnings comes out and the market gets still a little bit more momentum to the upside, there could be that in-store for Home Depot. And buying an at the money call has been my favorite trade over the last few weeks. You're getting enough movement to the upside. You're only risking the premium of that call. And that's making it attractive to own that call. And that's a great way to play to the upside. So I really like Mike's call spread vertical here.
0: All right. Up next, we are going gold and reflecting on a shiny miners trade. Plus, we are taking your tweets live. More options action coming right up. Welcome back to Options Action. Time to take a look back on a gold trade. Remember last week, Carter and Mike laid out a way to play the miners.
3: I was taking a look at the fact that options were elevated in premium also thinking that maybe the rate picture, the dollar picture is going to take at least until the end of the year to play out a little bit more. I was looking at a call spread risk reversal. This is a trade I like to use when I think the uh, levels are of options prices are relatively high. And I also have identified an area where I wouldn't mind getting long. And also, we might be in that bottoming formation, and we may have just missed uh, a little bit of the opportunity. And we did see that with that 10% rise. And I was looking at the 21.25 um, call spread risk reversal.
0: So since then, GDX is up nearly 25%, putting this trade solidly in the green. Mike, what do you do now?
3: Yeah, the news we got this week uh, basically took this one almost all all the way up to our short strike. So the thing to do here, and I didn't think we'd be taking profits this quickly, but uh, (laughs) that's obviously better than having to wait a long time. But that's probably what you should be doing, because there isn't that much more upside in the trade. We've made Uh, pretty much all the money that can be made here. Plus, I don't really like being short downside puts in this environment in case we get a pullback or if the news on the rate and inflation front uh, should push rates in the other direction than what we saw this week.
0: I don't know, Carter, if your dollar chart, you'll see more weakness and that should be good for gold. We
1: shall see. But um, at this point, what we sent out a note today was to write calls against your long positions in miners, which is to say it's a big move uh, to a difficult level, not as extreme as a BlackRock where we would actually go short, uh, but, you know, sometimes it's good to uh, sort of take measures and so trim and or sell calls against existing longs. That's the thinking.
0: All right. Time to take some tweets. We've got to it go on Tesla. Our first fan says back on October 14th, Mike advised buying a Tesla December 200, 150 put spread when Tesla was about 205. Since then, it went up and has now fallen through support. Breakeven is 186.33. So do you hold, close or roll to January, Mike?
3: Yeah, so uh, we obviously have been on a little bit of a roller coaster here. Uh, I think that Tesla's going to have a hard time uh, really breaking out here. I think also that options premiums are extremely elevated, though. So rather than rolling this to another long put spread, I might actually roll it to a short call credit spread to the upside, probably short maybe uh, the 210 strike and pick something in there depending on uh, what your risk tolerance is to how wide that's going to be. January might be a little long dated, though. I'd probably just look out to December expiration.
0: All right. next fan says uh, this is about retail earnings next week. I was looking for Walmart not to change much after earnings and was looking to buy the December 9th, 145 call for a cost of about two shares. Brian, what do you make of this strategy? The company reports earnings next week.
2: Well, I think he meant maybe two dollars per share. But yeah, it does report. And I actually think there's going to be a decent move. Options are implying actually a five percent move after earnings. So last quarter, we saw the stock move 5 percent. The quarter before we saw it go down 11, 12 percent. So I think there will be a move using calls to play it. Then it sort of mitigates your risk. I like actually owning a call spread because I think when I was looking at these kind of trades here, we own uh, Walmart for, for clients. And when I was looking at this trade here, that tra- that call was trading for about three bucks. So maybe I would spread that off by selling a. A higher strike call against it to play to the upside. But I like owning stocks like this that are things that we need rather than things that we want. You know, Mike's Tesla being things that we want, not what we need. And so a Walmart to the upside still makes sense. But it's had a huge run, 20 yeah. percent off its lows right now.
0: And definitely two dollars because two shares would be like, what, 300 bucks or so. <laughs> yeah. All right. Up next, we've got the final trade on options action. Don't go anywhere. Time now for the final, call. Carter.
1: If you're long, reduce your exposure with new money, sell short.
0: Brian. Well,
1: if you're looking
2: to get short, buy the put spread in Disney and play to the downside. Mike. Buy Depot into earnings.
0: Good. Very quick. Thank you very much. That's going to do it for Options Action. Have a great weekend. We're back next Friday, 530. Mad Money with Jim Cramer starts now.
1: Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies.